Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Running, running, and running. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Roz, here at the opening line on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? If so, it's time to get started. Let's go. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is the opening line with your hosts, Wits and Roz. We have a very special guest. He's known as our number one fan, carrying over from the Sporting Edge days. We're bringing on our golf expert, a pro golfer in his own right, in at least Deerfield in the northern suburbs. His name is Jared Rubin. How you doing today, Jared? I'm doing good. Good to be back. A while. Um, my favorite time of the year is uh, Masters Week, so great time to be back on the show and uh, talk some golf with you guys. And it's good to be back. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And it's like you said, it's Masters time. We just finished up with March Madness, a thrilling game, and we're going to get into that first before we cover the golf, which will take up the majority of this episode. But uh, Virginia coming out on top. That was my pick last week, both in the Derrick Henry episode and our episode with Xander. I just want your guys' initial take on the game, one that I thought was super exciting. I know it was low scoring to begin with, but it really picked up in the second half and overtime. So give us some initial thoughts, Wits. I'll let you start this off, and then we'll give uh, guest Rube the next opportunity. Yeah, Roz, this was a this was an awesome game, and it looked like it looked like we were going to get like a 40-39 barn burner at the first 10 minutes of that game, but we ended up hitting the over uh, by, by quite a bit, especially with the game going into overtime. Um, this was really an awesome game, capped off what I thought was a great tournament. Texas Tech, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them a Cinder, Cinderella, um, but they, they proved a lot of people wrong in this tournament, taking down Gonzaga, taking down Michigan, taking down um, Michigan State, and then Virginia to cap it off. You know, they come away with the victory, but Texas Tech played a wonderful tournament. They're really fun to watch. And I remember us talking at the start. We said that defense would be and always is the key. And it turned out, you know, one of the best defenses in the nation rose to the challenge, made it to the championship game, and just wasn't enough down the stretch there. I I really thought they were going to pull away with 15 seconds left in that game. But Virginia hit a huge three, knocked it to overtime, and ended up winning by eight points. But this was an awesome tournament, and I'm happy for Virginia they were to overcome, you know, probably the biggest sports upset of all time, or definitely one of them, you know, losing to a 16 seed in UMBC last year. So what a turnaround for them. Um, this was an exciting year. And like Rube said, best time of the year. We got golf. We got baseball. Uh, we got football right around the corner. So there's going to be no shortage of great sports from here on out this year. Yeah, it was definitely a great game. And, Rod, I just want you to confirm for everyone my Virginia pick from mid-year. Uh, I'm going to 100% confirm. Uh, totally. You you yeah. got me on the bandwagon. I was calling myself out last week. 
because I didn't pick them, and I said I would have. Yep. I mean, I rode with Virginia the whole year, and they had some scary moments in the tournament. They really caught – they really should not have won the national championship. They got lucky pretty much three games in a row to even be in that spot. But nonetheless, great team, outstanding defensive team, and really a coming-out party for DeAndre Hunter in the Final Four. He was kind of on everyone's radar, but those two second halves that he played to get them, obviously, to the finals and ultimately – getting that big three to go into overtime and win that game for Virginia. It really just kind of showed how versatile a player he is, being the defensive player of the year in the ACC and then also coming up huge on offense. But Texas Tech was a really formidable opponent, great game, and just happy the year ended off on a great game and uh, looking forward to next year. But like Xander said, lots of great sports going on right now. It's a great time in sports. It's a great time for sports, but let's keep it here for a second because we did a hero of the spread last week. I know you probably listened, Ruben. We talked about Tyler Hero. Now, I know he didn't directly hit a buzzer beater. He didn't directly impact the spread at the end of the game, but there were saves throughout the game, and I have to give this award to DeAndre Hunter. And he brought him up, had an awesome Final Four, really kind of just came out in the championship game. But if it weren't for that three to tie it up in regulation, which is, first off, a ballsy three in the first place. Ty Jerome had the opportunity to make it a one-point game on that drive, kicked it out. DeAndre Hunter has been stroking from that corner, hit it, popped it, we're headed to overtime. And in overtime, he kind of hit the dagger three. Again, standing in that corner, hits the three. They never look back. Texas Tech, no match in overtime. So and on my end, I'm giving him hero of the spread because he's the one who propelled this Virginia team to win. Obviously, me and you had him at minus one and a half, Rube. But I'm, I'm going to have to go with him being our hero. I don't know if you agree. Maybe there's another player on the team. Or maybe you don't think there was any hero. It was just, just a well-played game all around. No, I don't think they win that game without DeAndre Hunter. Like, I mean, he was pretty pretty invisible in the first half, and then he just completely showed out in that second half of that game. And, um, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have won nonetheless covered and won by eight or ten points, whatever it was, without his performance. Right. So I'm, I'm going to go with you agree as him being the hero of the spread in particular. Um, but Wits, you got any closing thoughts? I know Rue brought something up that was pretty interesting about Virginia potentially not even deserving this national title. But March Madness is March Madness. and You're going to get crazy finishes. Teams coming from behind when you didn't think hitting crazy shots when you wouldn't think it was possible. So I'm not going to take it away from Virginia. I think it's an amazing story. I'm happy they won. Upset I didn't pick them, but definitely happy. Any other takeaways from this whole March Madness and Virginia being our 2019 national champion? Yeah, I mean, no matter how good of a team you have, I think it all comes down to, you know, a couple lucky plays, a couple teams get hot. And I think, like Rube said, you know, Virginia, there's no there's no shot in hell they should have won that Purdue game. But not only do they win that game, they get a foul call near the end. Kyle Guy hits three key free throws against Auburn and DeAndre Hunter, you know, with that three-pointer at the end against Texas Tech. And, you know, this is a team that could have been out in the Sweet 16, but here they are hoisting, you know, the college championship trophy for this year. Um, but it, it was a great tournament. You know, I know it was a little disappointing for my bracket having Kentucky and a couple in North Carolina and a couple more. Um, but I, I was kind of disappointed with Coach K and, and the Blue Devils. I don't think they look very good. 
all tournament. Um, and I think they had the most talented team out there, but weren't able to pull through. Uh, it was another great showing for Tom Izzo and Michigan State. Um, you know, made it to another Final Four, and I thought they had a great shot to make it, uh, but didn't pull through. Overall, though, it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. It always is, and you know, we go on to next year. But we bought we brought Ruban as the golf guy, so we've got a lot of Masters action to break down here. It's Thursday night, so we've got everything in the books for day one. And Rube, I didn't get to watch all day. I was at work. I was grinding away, pounding the pavement, but um. You know, it seems like later in the day, a lot of guys scooched up the leaderboard here um, with those late tee times, looking at, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka on top of the leaderboard at six under. Then we got Phil, Ian Poulter at five and four under, respectively, and DJ at four under as well. Um, so what were, what were your initial thoughts on how the course played today and some key guys? Uh, I know that Rory struggled a little bit and Tiger is still in the hunt. Uh, so what were your main takeaways from day one here at the Masters? Yeah, it was kind of a slow start to the day. A lot of guys kind of packed in around two under par, no one really making any big moves. But as the day got later, like you were saying, the wind died down a little bit. And some of these big names, obviously all these names in the Masters are normally pretty household names, but some of these guys like Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson really made some charges on the back nine. And it's pretty amazing, Brooks Kepka, how he can go – a whole year and play terribly and then once the majors start he's the best player in the world it's happened he's won three out of the last six majors that have been played and he's in another great spot to obviously only day one but potentially do it again and then yes. you see bryson making that late charge as well hit some almost had a hole in one on 16 almost made an eagle on 18 he's hitting the ball great but there's just a lot of guys still in contention Obviously, only on day one, six under the lead, but there's so many guys, so many big names that have a chance right now. Right, and yeah. wait, so I'm going to hop in real quick here for a second because you're going to have a point you're willing, you really need to throw out there. But we did a pool. We're going to get into that later, a pool that I think fans should be interested in and ask about getting into. But we talk about back nines and wits. I'm curious what you have to say. Rory's was one of the more interesting for me, a guy who picked up a lot of speed around hole 13, rattling off three of four holes to having a birdie, but closes with two bogeys. And if you want to be the best player in the world, I don't think you can have the inconsistencies that you see from Rory and Jordan Spieth, who I'm sure you guys are going to tackle here. But I just want to give my quick two cents because you said back nines were really important for some people Rory's looking to be that way closes with a bogey on 17 and 18 tough way to watch that go but wits I know you you've been clamoring to say something <laughs> yeah well I was going to bring up the point about Brooks Kepka. a lot of you know a lot of analysts out there have been you know not not very keen on Brooks you know after the big weight loss that he had you know went from 212 down to 190 was losing a lot of distance off the tee and hasn't been playing very well this year um and like i said the weight loss definitely has affected his distance he said he's about 10 to 12 yards shorter off the tee um but you know throw all that away i mean like rube said the guys won three out of the last six majors that have been played and definitely came to play here on day one um so it looks like the weight loss hasn't been a problem but Roz, i agree with you rory um you know made five birdies but six bogeys today and on 17 18 um he just basically came out and said, you know, he made too many mistakes. I mean, on a soft course that wasn't particularly hard today, um, made too many mistakes for a guy who I think a lot of people thought was going to win this tournament and play really well, but he's going to have to dig out of this hole here 
because um, the guys at the top of the leaderboard right now, they look like they're ready to go. And I think you always got a guy lurking in Tiger Woods, who, who you know, tied for 11th right now at two under. If he has a big Friday, I mean, he, he's a tough guy to catch when he has a lead. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I was I was disappointed in Rory's effort. But I didn't take him in my pool, so he could shoot plus 10 tomorrow. I'll be happy. Nice. I'm glad that you already said you're not taking it. But we're going to get to the pools, like I said, in a bit. But I like what you said. He's got to dig out of a hole. Not much of a hole. I know that DeChambeau and Kepka are up there at six under. But it wasn't like people blew away this the opening day. Everyone's still kind of in play unless you're Jordan Spieth, who I just think mentally is out of golf. And Rube, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He just doesn't seem like he's been himself. Like, he isn't performing like the master Spieth, the one competing down the line at the players. He just hasn't been there. Maybe he's winning some of these smaller tournaments, but the name of the game is being a major champion. And Tiger Woods made that known when he was in his prime. That's where you get the endorsements. That's where you become the greatest golfer of all time. I don't think he's going to come back, but since I was on that tangent, I'm going to come back. Rory... Uh, Rory here, I think, has a ton of potential to dig himself out of this hole. We've seen him come back, and I don't think he's too far down. I think Rory, I think, obviously, he's got the firepower to go out and shoot 64 on any given day, but there's just so many good players in front of him that I think it's going to take a lot to dig himself out of a seven-shot hole at this point. I think the biggest name that catches my eye right now is Dustin Johnson. The consistency, week in, week out, he's always in the top five. And he always, obviously, hits the ball as long as anyone on tour. When he starts making putts, I don't think there's anyone really outside of Rory, if he was up there, that could beat him. Yeah, the only thing that I know that can beat him are stair steps. But other than that, you're right. Yeah, well... Well, I think I think I heard he's staying in a ranch this year, so I think we're going to be good on that. (laughs) Nothing better than a good ranch-style house. Yeah, I think he's going to need that. But anyways, I think, I mean, I think he's in a great spot right now. Obviously, I'm a big Tiger fan. I think Tiger shot 200 today, and he did not make a single putt. He missed a ton of short putts all day. And you would think he's going to turn that around at some point this week. But he drove, which, and then his driving today, which is normally one of his downfalls, he hit this driver great today. And if he can continue that, and start making some putts, I think there's no reason that he can't make a run up the board. I completely agree. Uh, And you guys have just drilled this into me. And on our old show, I used to rag on Tiger all the time. I still don't think he's going to win a major ever again, but that's, that's just me, and that's for another day. But golf is more fun when Tiger is in the news and every outlet in the world is like, Tiger has a chance. It makes the fall even better. It'll make the victory so sweet. But uh, it's fun to see him at 200. Like you said, missed a putt on 18. It was a two putt there. Could have gone to three under uh, going into day two. But we'll see. Like you said, he can settle it down, make his putts. This is definitely a tournament he can win, one he's won before. And it would be a hell of a story for his first major to be at Augusta since the whole car incident. So... That's my takeaway yeah. from Tiger. And, and you know, look, looking at a good stat for Tiger, I mean, he's won it four times. He shot a 74 and 05, came back to win it. But the three other times he's won it back in 02, 01, and 1997, started off with a two under 70 at Augusta. So interesting little stat there. Um, Tiger, if he's able to come and play just a little bit better tomorrow, he's definitely going to have a shot 
Um, but, you know, he's had some success shooting 70 in the first round here. So I think he's absolutely a guy that we're looking out for. All right, guys, before we get into our next segment, next segment we're going to bring you guys our four golfers of the tournament. It's a pool that we enter in. You pick four golfers. You need to have the highest total earning after each major event. Before we get there, we got to take a short commercial break. We'll be back after the break, everybody. Enjoying the Believe Network? Also check out shows like The Replay with Brooke Cromer and Bachelor Blab with Jackie Maroney. We've got all the other L.A. sports covered as well. The Believe Network, do you believe? Let's get it going, everybody. And we're back. It has been one hell of a week. We're about to give you our picks and everything. Picks, I think, are going to win the Ultimate Tournament. So if you guys can find a DraftKings for the last two days, you're going to want to find a way to get my players. But I'm working here on a fractured hand. Playing some basketball, fractured my hand that way is the PG, PG way to look at it. We got Wits going through all of his financial advisor stuff. He's got a big week coming up. I obviously don't know the lingo of that world. And Rube, he's still trying to make it on the tour, so I don't know quite, out, quite what else he's doing. But let's start with our guest today. Basically, the rules is you pick four players, like I said, have the highest potential earning, and you'll win the pool. It's a good sum of money. Rube, give us some of your picks and uh, explain how their first round went and how you feel their trajectory is going to be good for you overall. Okay, well, I'll start with the bad one. I've got Mr. Spieth. Um, Can we I roast him? Can you, like, get a little, little into it about him? Yeah, I mean, he is so Stinks. far in his own head that it's, it's just, at this point, he is basically lost the swing that he had when he was on that run in 2015 he's just so far in his own head and he's thinking golf's a game where if you're thinking about too many things when you're trying to hit the ball it's not going to go well and you can just see when he gets up there that he's got so many thoughts running through his head and that obviously equated to three over today and it could have been a lot worse quite frankly he went out in 40 and came back and and won under um but i just thought maybe he could catch that Augusta magic that he's had in the past, but clearly can, doesn't look like that's good. Can I ask case. you a question? Can I do like a small microcosm with you here? Lester sure. is not as detrimental to the Cubs, but that yip he has to first base, are we dealing with some sort of a yip when it comes to Jordan Spieth and golf and period right now? I don't think it's that. I mean, I think... When people are trying to change up their swing, there's just a lot of different things that can go through their head, and you just can't have all those thoughts running through and hit consistent golf shots. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about yips, we can talk about Kevin Na back in the day, which he legitimately couldn't pull the trigger on the ball. Um, I don't think Spieth is quite there. Sounds uh, like wits in the bedroom. Not in a great spot. <laughs> Easy. Easy, <laughs> Roz. This is a family show. Come on, Roz. Family um, show. But let but. Can I give can I give you a little love? I was gonna really go after Spieth here, but like you said, pulled the forty on the front nine, finished one under on the back. Is that progress? Is he settling down a little bit? Day two, he can make a Deshambo style run. Are we feeling it? Not feeling it? Yeah, I mean, it is day one, so these guys have the opportunity. Spieth can put around together tomorrow, get into the weekend. I mean, who knows what could happen at that point, but. My confidence level in him is not very high at this point. 
Fair. Now, actually, we're going to turn this into a semi-Mount Rushmore-style PMT. Wits, give us one of your golfers. We're just going to start going back. We'll do a little bit of a snake draft here. But give us one of your golfers. It could be your worst so far to date or it could be your best one. Who are you hyped about and who should our listeners pick in DraftKings or in any pools when it comes to making the cut in the sec- or third and fourth round? Yeah, well, I was going to start off with my two worst guys, but since we're, we're trying to find somebody good here, I'm going to take my top guy right now is John Rahm. Um, back in contention after shooting a three-under 69 in the opening round. Um, played really well. I liked what I saw. I know he's three shots three shots off the lead right now. Look at um, you going with an accent there. Supporting, <laughs> sound like, supporting your Spaniard. Sound like Nick Faldo up here. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, John Rahm was in the same group as Tiger on Thursday. Um, like we said, he shot a 70, so it was, it was nice to see Rahm play really well. I think he's one of the most talented golfers out there and super young guy. He's only 24 years old, so same age as me. Uh, we're doing the same stuff, living both living our best lives. Uh, but I really like John Rahm. I think he's got a lot of potential going forward, um, and he's a guy I think might come out tomorrow and shoot you know, five or six under and definitely you know, keep himself in the top ten here. Well, since we're snaking and it's my turn, it's only fair that both my guys are minus two, tied for 11. We'll start with my first pick, of course, the guy I would pick every time if I was allowed to, Mr. Sir Ricky Fowler, two under. Started with that bogey on three, had me a little worried, but he played consistent golf the entire day, going into the back nine, finished three under on the back nine. This is the guy looking to win his first major here at Augusta, wants that green jacket, wants the invite to all those parties. I mean, he's a guy who you could take a cocktail down with in those green jackets. I'm feeling it. It looked good on the back nine. Give me a strong day two and a winner through round three and four. And then I've got Tiger as one of my other picks. There was something in the back of my head that was like, this is the time to hop on Tiger. He's going to have his best performance in a major this year at Augusta. You heard it here first from Roz. I almost called myself Wits. My brain is all over these margaritas. Holy moly. But I'm going to go Tiger Woods, two under. I didn't like how he didn't finish with a birdie there on 18, but you know what? He's playing consistent. He just needs to knock down the putts, and we're looking at a guy who could finish in the top five here at Augusta. Now, Wits, give us number two. Number two, I unfortunately don't have anybody who is under par anymore, but I took the defending champ, Patrick Reed. Um, I know he's a very unlikable guy on the tour, but I thought in his first title did lose a little bit of weight. In his first title defense, um, I thought it was a funny quote. He said, you know, I was, I was a lot more nervous than I expected coming back and defending it. Um, so he uh, he didn't play very well today. I mean, only eight out of 18 greens in regulation, five bogeys. But at the end of the day, looking at plus one, um, had a beautiful eagle on 13. Patrick Reed, I think, is a guy to look out for. He's been here before. He's won it before. Um, and I think as long as he makes the cut, we could see a major push on Saturday from Sir Patrick. So, you know, he's my second guy right now, and I'm hoping he makes a charge up the leaderboard because I don't want to see that lead get to, you know, leader get to 10 under, 11 under. It could be tough, you know, it could be tough sledding, but Patrick Reed's my number two guy right now, and the rest of them are, they're big yikes. But I'm we'll excited to, to hear about them, and we might need to put some more donuts in Patrick Reed's breakfast regimen, but Rube, give us your next two. Who have, uh, who's impressed you a little bit, or are you going to stay with the negative at the beginning of your team? Um, well, my next guy didn't have a great day, Roy McIlroy, like we had touched on earlier. 
I don't think he's going to win at this point, but I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm still confident on how he could perform and get, in, get himself into the top five. Obviously right. not a great get us some money at least. But he's the hottest player in the world right now. If he gets hot, I mean, he could, he could easily make a run up there. And so I'm still staying positive on Rory right now. Um, and we'll just see, if, I guess, more about what the guys in front of him do. Obviously, if guys like Kepka and Phil and Bryson continue to shoot good scores, it's going to be tough. But you never know with what those guys are going to do. Sounds good to me. And who's number three on your pool team? Number three, I'm going to echo you, Roz, with uh, the big cat, Tiger Woods. Um, I had to pick him at some point, and it was kind of a no-brainer to do it at Augusta. It's a place that he's obviously had great success over his career. and Great would success. Be probably, probably the best story in golf if he were to get this title here. So I just needed to root for that to happen. And obviously, pretty good start today. Uh, well within the lines of contention here, and I'm confident on what I saw today. Sounds good to me. Wits, we're back on you, buddy. Who you got? Yeah, well, I'm gonna just going to give you my last two because they're both uh, at plus three right now. Very disappointing. Hideki Matsuyama and Justin Rose. Um, you know, I was I was. I'm disappointed in you, Wits. No How Tung Lee this year. Unbelievable. Uh-huh. God, how Tung Lee was a part of, I think, three out of my four majors lineups last year, and I didn't have didn't have the stones to take him, and he just goes out and shoots shoots even par, which is a lot better than Hideki's plus three. But Hideki Matsuyama, could it have been a worse start? Three over on the first three holes, just didn't really come ready to play. I did like the finish though. After twelve, he had two birdies, um, ended up shooting three over, so not great but still has a chance to make the cut here. I thought he was going to have a coming-out party here at the Masters. You know, he's a former number two in the world. Guy can definitely play, but just didn't really have it today. And then biggest disappointment by far had to be Justin Rose. Guy doesn't make a single birdie in the front nine. Bogey, seven, eight, and nine. Um, this was extremely disappointing for me, you know, because Justin Rose was my the, the guy who I thought was going to win this tournament, but he was just brutal today, so... I don't think it could get much worse tomorrow, but I have been wrong before. So I'm looking for Justin Rose to come out and shoot six or seven under tomorrow because it's going to be it's going to be a rough time if he comes out, you know, like the front nine like he did today. Um, but yeah, he was. I think you know, looking at Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Justin Rose, very disappointing first rounds. And you know, I'm sorry that I took him. I should have taken Brooks Kepka instead. Wow, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And it sounds like you traded up in this draft because you just picked in front of me. But that's fine. We'll let Wits do what Wits wants to do. But I'll give you my last two. Tommy Fleetwood was too enticing after I saw his play at the players. This guy has been awesome at pretty much all the majors of the last two years. He hasn't won one, but he's always competing, always having a good time here on the first day. Started two under on the front nine, then hit bogey 10, bogey 14. Made me a little nervous, dropped back to even, but finished with a birdie on 15 and even the rest of the way out. So he's one under. I've got three guys right now under par. I'm feeling good. Roz has won this pool twice, has won the Masters twice. So I want people to know I know what I'm talking about when it comes to the Masters. Um, But my last guy, I'm echoing Jared now since he had the first shot at Rory. I have Rory. 
He's my fourth. He's one over. Uh, like I said, it was discouraging seeing 17 and 18, but this is a guy that we've seen come back so many times. Uh, so that's just what I have to hope for. Rory is the potential number one in the world, if not already. Rube can fact check me there, but uh, he's got to show it the next three days here at Augusta. And I guess that leaves you, Rube. You got to finish us strong. Who are your last golfers? Or your last golfer. Well, this is a fact check there. Your actual number one in the world is uh, Justin Rose right now, unfortunately, for Xander. That didn't work out <laughs> so well. But my last golfer, one of my little more sleeper picks in this, is Adam Scott, who had a nice day at three under par today. But this is a guy who probably has one of, if not the best, golf swing in the world. And he has a track record, obviously, being a former Masters champion. and has been in pretty good form of late. So I think this is a guy a little bit of a more of a sleeper. Not, I wouldn't call him a real sleeper, but a little bit more than some of these top guys. But How about Dark? solid start today for Adam. Um, and I think he could easily hang around for the weekend and be a force on, um, come Sunday. Yeah, I like, like, you're going to just card. I mean, on the last 12 holes of his day, he had five birdies. Obviously, there is the bogey there. I don't even know why I added. On the last 11 holes, he had five birdies. So that's a pretty good stat line right there. The guy's looking hot coming down the line today. So you might have yeah. a nice dark horse pick, as Wits would say. Yeah, and Roz, interesting stat um, about the Masters. If history holds, or 2019 champion should be one of the guys inside the top 10 because in the past 13 years, no eventual Masters winner has been outside of the top 10 after 18 holes, and he had to go all the way back to Tiger Woods in 05, shooting that 74 in round one to find somebody who did win the Masters outside of the top 10. So looking at one of these 10 guys right now, and Brooks, Bryson, Ian Poulter, Dustin Johnson, Phil, Justin Harding, Adam Scott, John Rahm, Kevin Kister, and Karadek Afibarnat. I don't know if I said that right. You did pretty well. I'm going to give the, that to the you. Odd, the odds are that one of those 10 guys will be your Masters champion. So hopefully it'll be John Rahm. Rube hopes it'll be Adam Scott. Um, but we got a lot of great golfers up there. And all time, 77% of Masters champions were inside the top 10 after the opening round. Yeah, I'm just seeing Francesco Molinari floating around here at the top. And this is a spiteful thing I'm about to say. Picked him for my players pool. Really disappointing. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping he falls off. Anything that happens in Molinari's favor is really just going to hurt the ego here. But you've got all of our picks here. Now we're going to just ask Rube a fun question. Wits, I hope you chime in as well. Because this show, as analytical as we get, we like to have a little bit of fun. Send us your messages on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram. You can find our show there. Download, subscribe, reach out. We'll answer or ask your questions on the show. Now, boys, we, we've been able to dig down a couple beverages in our lifetime, but I have to imagine that the Augusta pre-party where you wear your green jackets, something in my mind is like Happy Gilmore, that first scene uh, where they're drinking beers together. Who would be the most fun golfer? And I'm not going to limit it just to Masters champions, but who would you like to see at this pre-Masters party and you think you can take a couple beers down with? Maybe even he can show you up a little bit. I think I've got, I think I've got two for this. One, kind of a more well-known guy, 
And then one guy who was a little bit off the radar, but we've heard some pretty good stories of over the years, or over, I should say, the last year. First one, though, I think is kind of an obvious choice is Ricky Fowler. I think just everyone, he just seems like such a cool guy to hang out with. They go on all these extravagant vacations and whatnot. Um, but I think just hanging out with Ricky would be a pretty good time. Um, but I'm going to go off the radar here and go to Eddie Pepperell, who is wow. out of out of England. But in the short time that he's been on the radar, we have heard quite some stories about Mr. Eddie, how he shot 64 at the Open Championship when he said, quote, in his um, presser after the round that he was severely hungover and he didn't even think that he was going to basically be anywhere near in contention the next day. So basically he went out and said he was drinking all night and came almost drunk to his tea time and went out and shot 64 and is like, I just wasn't thinking at all out there. I was just trying to not throw up on the course. Do you think Eddie Pepperell could be the next John Daly? I think so. I mean, I don't think, I think he's got about 150 pounds to go and probably a thousand packs of cigarettes, but I think he's caught well on his way. E-cigs these days, Rube. We're trying to get some sponsors here. We're moving away from cigarettes, but E-cigs. No, yeah, I'm with you. John Daly doesn't smoke E-cigs, so I'm probably (laughs) that. I don't even know, was he smoking cigs or were he putting down like big Cubans? He seems like a guy that would roll up a nice stogie. I think anything that lights up, he'll smoke. (laughs) Fair to me. So Rube's two guys still need their jackets before we can hang out at the party, but I love the Ricky Fowler pick. I really just think that's the way to go. He's got to win a major, got to win Augusta. So I like that party. Wits, who are you trying to party with? And are you taking cocktails down with them, or are you going more for a beer approach? Um, I mean, I hate to, to do this to pick this guy. I mean, Ricky, if I think, is an obvious pick. He seems like a really cool guy. It'd be a lot of fun to have a drink with. But, dude, I want to have a drink with Tiger and not oh. even golf. I just want to hear all the crazy stories about Tiger over the past 15 or 20 years. I'm because... sure he has 323 crazy stories for you, wink. Huh? <laughs> huh? Dude, I mean, for that guy to be the number one golfer in the world while living that kind of lifestyle, I mean, no wonder he was so good at golf. I mean, there were so many other pressures outside of the course, like trying to hide that kind of lifestyle from his wife. I mean, there's no wonder that the guy was able to turn it on because there was really a lot more things that he could have been worried about on the course um, besides just hitting the golf ball. But I would love to just take a glimpse into Tiger Woods' life and what it was really like to be um, the guy that we found out he really was a few years ago. Um, so Tiger, I mean, Ricky, and I know he's not playing in the Masters right now, but, I mean, John Daly is the guy I've always wanted to have a beer with. Um, I don't know if he can have one with him. I think it would have to be like eight or nine at least. But, you know, he's another guy. And I would also like to throw one back with Phil because I think Phil's a gambler. I like talking about gambling, so I think he'd be an interesting guy, even though I've heard he's kind of an ass, but I'll have to judge for myself. Hey, beers bring people together, so I'm sure Phil would be fun. I just think it's funny that you both 
took all of mine. We didn't even talk about this before the show. I like bringing spontaneity to the show, asking random um, question segments. So you guys are making me go deep into my bag of tricks on who I would take. And I'm, I'm really stuck here because I wanted to do Tiger because I think if I can get enough juice in him, me and him are having some 2009-style nights together. Not one-on-one, but you know, he's hooking me up. I'm wingman of the year. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to go with a kind approach here because I'm a great drinker. And you know what? Sometimes things happen. This fractured hand, not always a product of my drinking mistakes. But Jordan Spieth, if I could just let him drink it out and hear him out, I think I could be a great therapist for him. I think I need to sit at the bar at Augusta with Jordan Spieth throw him a little bit of tequila, get him a little silly, and uh, I think that's the guy I'm going to take to the bar with me, and I think I get his golf game right. So that's that's my pick because you stole my Tiger and you stole Ricky, who I believe is going to be my best friend one day. But uh, I'm going to go Jordan Speed, me and him, calm night at the bar. I fix his golf problems. You might you might just be the one who does it because he, he needs someone right now. So, Raz, you got to reach out to him, phone, email. Do anything he can because this guy is uh, he's very lost so he needs all the help he can get so we did our pool so hopefully you guys go in do your own pools pick some of our guys i'm telling you i have a great augusta track record i have two virtual green jackets uh money in the pockets to show for it but let's we got rubes so we're going to utilize rube rube ha- as it's gone so far what's your projection the rest of the way who do you see winning this? Take your pool out of it. Take our pool out of it. What does it look like to you? And what should we expect moving forward here at Augusta? Well, I think it's going to be a great tournament. There's so many guys in contention right now. But I'm going to go with the guy who I talked about a little earlier, Dustin Johnson. I think he's just, as far as consistency goes, it doesn't get any better than him. And he's got the game to obviously compete with all of these guys. And I just think... From what I saw today and kind of how he's played recently, I think he's going to get it done come Sunday. Love it. Is there, if there, if somebody other than Dustin, say he runs into another stair step, maybe there's some nose candy or something, maybe Paula's not having her best day this weekend. Who do you have outside of Dustin? I think the obvious choice is for Kepka. I'm not going to go there just because I think they're basically the same player. He, they are very similar players, but Brooks is just Mr. Major. Anytime the majors come around, he's right there. Um, outside of that, though, I'm going to go back to my guy, Adam Scott, and ride with him. I think he's in good form right now. He loves this golf course. Um, I think, obviously, being a past winner definitely helps if he would were to be in contention on Sunday. So I think that could be a guy that definitely could make a run at the, stroke, at the green jacket on Sunday. Sounds good to me. Do you have any underdogs? So at this point, an underdog is anybody over par, or maybe somebody close to the even line that you think is going to break Xander's curse. And I'm just going to put the curse on Wits here because I'm annoyed that he told me that stat, that, that winners have come out of the top 10 after the first day. Give me somebody not in the top 10 that's going to prove Wits wrong because that was annoying as can be. Yeah, well, outside the top 10 here, as much as I don't like to say it, and I don't love rooting for the Europeans, um, Francesco Molinari is a oh. great player. Um, I know you've talked about him a little bit earlier, but 
that guy with his irons is probably the best in the world. And this is a course where you really need to hit your irons well because some of these greens are really hard to hold with the pin positions that they have. But, I mean, he's just been the last, ever since the Open win last year, he's been easily one of the top ten players in the world. And I think he's someone that's going to hang around here and could easily make a run at the at the tournament this weekend. Very fair. So that has been Masters. Wits, do you have any parting takes of the Masters? No, I mean, I think Rue brings up a good point. Uh, Brooks Kepka, I think, is going to be pretty tough to beat here. Just the experience, the, the majors that he's already won, you know, playing with the lead, playing from behind, I don't think it really matters with this guy. He's, I think, clearly one of the best players in the world. Um, and I'm, all, I'm interested to see how it shakes out with Phil because, um, you know, he's sitting uh, third place right now. Had a really good day one, so I'm interested to see what he does. And then, obviously, because I took him, um, I would love to see John Rahm make a run on the leaderboard. I think he's definitely capable of doing that. So those are those are a few guys that I'm going to be interested in watching over the next couple days. Fair, and I just believe Ricky's going to win it all. That's my final take. We've got some time left on this week's episode. Wit's not the biggest fan of the NBA, so I'm not going to make him think too much about this. I'm literally going to guide him to his picks. We just got to get our NBA first-round picks in, just so you know that we are smart and that we do give you the best value and the best money. Rube, as simple as this. Wit's as simple as this. I'm going to say the series you give me the winner. Wits will obviously take care of business on next week's episode, but we need to give our fans our picks and our winners. So we're going to start off with the first series, 76ers versus the Brooklyn Nets. Who comes out on top? And I'll let one of you give a little bit of a spiel. If not, I'll go in on it. Give me the 76ers, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I got Philly, too. They just got too much talent for Brooklyn. A little young, a little early for them. I've got the 76ers. I agree with the young part about Brooklyn. I also just don't think they have the team to compete with Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, Embiid, and Simmons all decently rested coming in. We're all on the 76ers. Magic, Raptors, Wits, hit me with it. Um, give me the Raptors. I think they've been playing great basketball all year. Um, and I just you know Orlando's a good team, but they're nowhere near good enough to take down Toronto. So I think setting up for a Toronto 76ers matchup in the second round. Yeah, I got Toronto. The second, the last two teams in the East are kind of a joke. I think Toronto's going to roll over them pretty easily. I'm going to go with Toronto as well. It hurts me as I got family in the Orlando organization. Much love to you, Naya, but the Raptors, I think they have a clean sweep here. Kawhi Leonard, no longer in the Western Conference playoffs. He is sitting pretty here in the East, maybe taking over for LeBron James. And we got the Warriors Clippers. Give me your picks, boys. Warriors. Warriors. Easy pickings. Warriors are going to be our eventual NBA champions again. We're all riding the Warriors. I like the solidarity we have today, boys. Usually we are against one another. More you two against me. But so far, three for three with our picks. Next one for Saturday, I can see the Nuggets. Spurs. Pretty interesting series. Interested to see where you go with this. I'm going to take the Nuggets, but I think this is going to go seven games. Um... I think it's going to be a great series, but I think Denver, they've, they've been playing well all year. I don't think that stopped in the first round here, but the Spurs are going to test them, absolutely. Yeah, I think it'll be a pretty good series, too. I like the Nuggets coming out on top. Um, 
it scares me a little bit that Denver kind of lacks that playoff experience that obviously San Antonio, not as much as their players have it, but with Coach Popovich, obviously they have all that experience. But I think Denver is just a lot more talented than this current Spurs roster, and I think they get it done in, in six games, I'll say. I like the push to seven wits. There was so much of me that wanted to pick the Spurs here, but if you look at it, Popovich recently in the postseason hasn't even been that productive. We've actually seen him get, gotten sweep or swept. Jesus, my grammar is really, really good down the stretch here. But uh, I'm going to go with the Nuggets in seven here. We've got our last set of games. How about the Celtics Pacers? By the way, Celtics, my eventual Eastern Conference champion, so you guys know where I'm going with this. Wow. Um, yeah, I like the Celtics. I think it's going to be another great series, but I think Boston is the one team for me. I hate to agree with you, Roz, but I think that could really turn it on and get out of the East um, against the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I like Boston here too, but I don't see them getting out of the East this year. I think it just hasn't really clicked with them, and I think ultimately I think Milwaukee is the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. But I like Boston here. I think Indiana without Oladipo is kind of a shell of what they were. All that matters is getting hot down the stretch, and the Celtics have been looking good recently. So we've got Trailblazers, Thunder, arguably to me the most fun-looking matchup. I'm not sure where I'm at yet, but I'm curious to see where you boys are. Yeah, I like I like the Thunder in this one. Um, I've pretty much been all chalk so far, all favorites, but um, you know, I'm a big fan of Russell Westbrook. I, I love uh, love what he's done with the Thunder, and I love the, love the experience. I know Portland has quite a bit of experience too in the playoffs, but I like OKC to match up with Denver in the second round. I mean, they could even make a run to the conference finals. I think. Yeah, I'm in agreement with Wits on this one. I think, I think once Portland lost Yurcef Nurkic for the year, who was a, one of the most improved players in the league this year, I think they're haven't shown it yet, but I think that really hurts them. And I think oh, yeah. just having two super superstars like Russ and Paul George, I think, is going to be huge for the Thunder, and I think they'll get by in a long series. Rube, you said everything I felt about what happened with the Trailblazers. Losing Nurkic was huge, but the other part to me is this Thunder's defense, which was so prolific at the beginning of the year, I think is going to cause problems for the Trailblazers. So we're all on the Thunder. I promised we did not plan to all be on the same page. I don't think we're going to shift until maybe the last series. But let's talk Bucks pistons I'm pretty sure we're all on the Bucks. Yeah, I think this is going to be pretty pretty easy pickings for the Bucks here. They've just been too good all year, and the Pistons are not very good. Yeah, this is my Eastern Conference champion pick right here. I think they're just built so perfectly around Giannis with all the shooters they have, and I think – this will be a, I'm going to say this will be a clean sweep of Detroit, who just doesn't have enough at this point. I'm going with the clean sweep as well. Milwaukee's going to take that. Giannis will win MVP this year, or at least he should. He's going to show it in the first round against, to me, a pretty weak Pistons team. Last one, Rockets, Jazz. I'm hoping for some diversity when it comes to our picks here. I'm not sure where we're all on, but I'm going to let Wits open this one up. I know he's been a Rockets guy for a couple of years now, so maybe, maybe, just maybe, as the Rockets contending. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Rockets guy, unfortunately, and I'm going to take him here. Um, but I don't think this team is as good as it was last year. So regardless of who wins, I don't think they're taking down Golden State. But I'll take. I'll give James Harden a pl- one playoff round uh, for victory. 
Yeah, I'm definitely on this Houston team. I think I think they could give Golden State a run again. I don't think they'll get by them, but I think they're the only team in the West, in my opinion, that has any sort of shot at beating Golden State. And I think they're I think they'll make they'll make work of Utah in six games or so. If I made 27 threes in practice, I don't think I'm going to make the next 27 in a game. Rockets with that historic three-point performance the other night, call it the downfall. Give me the Utah Jazz. We're going to get a cold shooting streak from this Houston Rockets team. We're going to get the Jazzies moving forward. I don't appreciate their fan base due to some issues politically, but... Give me the Utah Jazz moving on to the second round, beating this Houston Rockets team. You can't score 50 and win all the time, Harden. You need another player, and Chris Ball has just not been that player. We haven't seen him advance very far in the postseason most of his career. He's not advancing this year. Give me the Jazz. And that's pretty much been our show. Rube, welcome to the opening line. It's your first time here. I'm sure we're going to have you for all the majors. We love having you here. Any parting words for our fans here at the opening line? Uh, no, it's good to be back. Um, excited for some NBA playoffs. Uh, obviously, we close the Masters here. And uh, hopefully, it's all some entertaining sports. And uh, looking forward to the summer, too, with baseball and football right around the corner. Absolutely. If you want to DM golf questions, Jared Rubin 12 on Instagram. He'll also give you golf lessons. He is a top star golf lesson giver, so it'll be expensive, but don't hesitate to ask. Wits, any parting words with this week's episode, buddy? Oh, man, just like Rube said, enjoy the rest of the Masters. we got a lot of baseball to watch. Grab, grab your couch, put it outside, get a working TV, and uh, just sit there for the rest of the summer. Well, this has been the opening line. It's been an absolute pleasure having all of you listen this week. We've got guests coming up for you. We love being here on the Believe Network. Keep believing. We're coming back strong each and every week. Hope everybody has a fantastic night. We're out ya. Catch you next week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.